From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 High FM. You're listening to 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the new Blue Review. Welcome to the program. If you're listening on Chai FM, chaifm.com, or indeed on the Jerusalem Post, it's nice to have you with us and uh, talking about all your favorite topics in terms of Jewish uh, in terms of Jewish innovation and uh, current affairs and culture and politics and really anything that, that tickles our fancy. And today... For those of you who like The Secret Garden, it's all about uh, that. If you like that movie and pottering about and organics and just being in general in the environment, uh, we have a spectacular guest on the line. He is Noam Geva, and he is from the Greenhouse in Israel, a unique, I might say, quintessentially Israeli approach to environmental education and uh, agriculture. So we have him on the line all the way from Israel. Noam, thank you so much for being on the new Blue Review. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Uh, great to have you on the show. First off, perhaps you can start by telling us how is it uh, that your kibbutz uh, ended up having its own very special greenhouse? Yeah, so uh, first, uh, hi, everybody in Johannesburg. Um, yep. Actually, this uh, question is, uh, um, people ask me a lot uh, how, how it uh, started and how come that in this kibbutz we have this greenhouse. Uh, I thought, I think that, you know, 40 years ago when a greenhouse was established, the, there was a good thinking at the kibbutz and people uh, got, uh, people gave the opportunity to initiative uh, like this, uh, environmental and communal and educational, to, to start, to have roots and to have the time to, to, to grow and to build itself. Okay, and where did the idea spark from in terms of the actual, uh, what was the impetus behind the idea? So uh, the greenhouse was established by my father, uh, Avital Geva. Uh, he's in, an Israeli artist. Um, and uh, 40 years ago, after uh, Yom Kippur uh, War, uh, he thought that uh, he must do something different, and uh, he got he had an idea that he wanted to to start. And as I said, the kibbutz gave him the opportunity to, and uh, and the, the best place in the kibbutz, the center, the heart of the community, to start his idea. Uh, actually, my father is an artist, and he didn't have any like uh, long-term plan or you know like uh, very big budgets. He had no budget. And he had just an idea and passion. And what he started to do in 76, it was to, first year actually, it was like a communal garden, as I guess that you know this concept. Yes. Uh, you know that every every uh, family, uh, they get uh, like a few uh, square meters and they grow their own food and they meet after, after the school time. So actually it, it becomes uh, not only farming, but also like a communal uh, meetings. Uh, and after one year that he got the trust of the community, so he went on the big plan. The big idea, let's say, uh, combined of three major um, sub-ideas. Uh, first, what my father wanted to do is to have a place in the heart of the community. Imagine that in the heart of Johannesburg, you have a place that everybody can meet and research and learn and innovate and create things that they believe in basically on the base of the 
earth challenges like water, farming, food production, climate change, things like that. Technology, science, environment, and also art and culture, but in the middle of the community, the heart of the community. This, is his, what, this was his first idea, and for that he created the greenhouse. And second idea was to, think, to rethink about education. Uh, he thought that, you know, the, the way that we used to teach, and some still teach in that way, in the ordinary classes, a student sits in rows and the teacher is lecturing, the teacher got the knowledge and they get the, the students get the knowledge. It's not fit to, the, to him first, and he believed that, that there, there must be a different way of learning and teaching. So what he did, he, he attracted the high school students on one hand, and the other hand, he called for Israeli um, scientists and researchers from very big industries and the universities, and he asked the researchers and the scientists to bring innovative ideas that the students would like to, uh, to, to research. So he connected the high school students to the adults, and all together, they came to the greenhouse and they did some crazy, crazy ecological and, uh, and agricultural projects. Uh, him as a teacher, he was like the, the guy who, you know, uh, connecting everybody together, magnet everybody together. And the third idea on the greenhouse was that, uh, you know, Israel is assembled from many different uh, populations. And he wanted the place that everybody can connect with no uh, headlines. Just let's do things together. And along the curiosity, we'll get to meet each other and to connect. Okay. Now, tell us a little bit about where the kibbutz is. Uh, if someone's looking at a map on Israel, uh, whereabouts is it actually placed? The so, kibbutz in Shemer um, is in the Menashe region, a um, regional council. It's about uh, 45 minutes north to Tel Aviv, 10 minutes from the coastline. Um, this is the area. It's between Tel Aviv and uh, Haifa. Menashe Regional Council is a multicultural uh, um, council. We have uh, Jewish and Arab uh, citizens. Um, we, uh, we have uh, religious communities and we have secular communities. We have kibbutzes, moshavim, and cities, and Arabic villages all together here. Oh, amazing. Now, talk to us a little bit about uh, the the ed- educational activities that you do. You said that one big leg of um, of the greenhouse. If you're a kid, you're coming from, I'm assuming, an Israeli school or maybe a, a scouting group or a youth group. What kind of activities do you run with 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 the kids? Uh, okay, so we have like two parts of the day. Let's say okay, it's the school time and after school. So in school time, uh, we cooperate with the school, and the school sends a group of students to the greenhouse for educational continuance program. Let's say like one semester, like 15 meetings or 30 meetings. And the students uh, learn in the greenhouse hands-on learning. And if you know the concept of project-based learning, that we learn around the projects with small in small teams. Um, I can give you an example about, let's say, the algae project. It could, could it be interesting for you? Okay. Talk to us about that project. So algae, you know algae, right? Yes. The, the stuff okay, that so grows I- in dams and water and that sort of thing. 
so actually algae is much more algae let's say about let's speak about the spirulina algae so algae uh, is producing like half of, like 50% of the oxygen that we breathe not the spirulina but algae in general and algae is a very basic uh, food in the food chain and for menus we use algae to produce proteins and uh, omega-3 and products for uh, food uh, health cosmetics uh, and even biofuel so algae is like innovative and some say it's the future uh, one, of, one of the best uh, potential for future food and, uh, and production uh, so let's say that we take the algae project so we, we take like 15 students from one of the schools around uh, 15 years old 16 years old and the students get the background about algae why they're so important and why we think that this is the future and then the students meet people from the industries in Israel and the people from the industry tell them what we teachers say that you know they see a big potential about the algae and the whole project became real because it's not like they you know the teacher invented something it's it's a real project with with cooperation of the factories around us and researchers and then the students uh, they plan their own research and they work in small teams they build the research and they use the labs to uh, to, to work the, the, the research and to measure the results and it's all hands-on uh, um, workshops for let's say like four months and at the end they, they collect all the data and put it in uh, the excels and computer they uh, produce uh, graphs and uh, presentations and they make all the calculations. At the end, they have to present the results in front of their friends and the people from the industry. So uh, the whole project, it takes like uh, three to four months, the algae project, and they learn about environment, agriculture, and uh, more of all, how to work in team, uh, how to work about a real thing, and how to, uh, and they expose to um, very important challenges in the fields of environment, sustainability, and uh, farming. Oh, it must be uh, absolutely, uh, if you're a kid, a huge amount of fun. Now, one of the interesting things that I was looking on the website in, in preparation for this is that you guys have a whole, like, algae pool inside the greenhouse. Uh, and the structure of the greenhouse, I mean, it's not just uh, a couple of, uh, of rows of cabbages, is it? Talk to us a little bit about the structure, what's inside the different rooms, that sort of thing. So uh, the greenhouse is in the size of a uh, soccer field, uh, 70 meters and 35 meters. Uh, it's it's very high. It's like six to seven meters high, and it's all connected. You, you should imagine like one big greenhouse, which full with uh, water pools and fish ponds, and hydroponic systems to grow farming and green bottles where the algae grows, and uh, 3D printers and workshops for carpentry, workshops for art, and a few classes, but not much classes, and a lot of sand on the floor. Okay, it's not like uh, it's not looks like a high tech company. We have the the sand on the floor, but we have the 3D printers all together. Uh, we have few labs and a place to work on uh, uh, oil extracting from uh, plants. Um, and all the tables, all the tables, the classes, the greenhouse is round tables. We're not sitting at a row at all. We're not sitting a lot. Okay, let's say we, we sit just 10% of the class. But when we sit, it's around uh, a round table. 
so everybody is like equal and can share ideas. Uh, the greenhouse is open 24/7. Everybody wants can jump in the greenhouse from not only from the kibbutz community, from all the Menashe region and from all Israel. And we have all day people come and go, and uh, you know high school students they meet the adults and the Jewish meet the Arab, and I can tell you about it uh, specifically on the, when we speak about the project. But basically, the greenhouse is very colored and it mixing multidisciplinary things. Okay, it's quite crazy. People get in and say, "Whoa, what's going on?" <laughs> I mean, it sounds like an absolutely fabulous, uh, fabulous place. Like uh, science has uh, come to life. Uh, you're listening to 101.9 Chai FM, chaifm.com, uh, or if you're listening to us on the Jerusalem Post, you're uh, speaking to, or at least we're speaking to. Uh, Noam Geva, uh, he's from the Greenhouse, and he's talking to us about environmental education and new and interesting ways of uh, of doing things, multidisciplinary. We talked about Olgi, all sorts of things, and we're going to be continuing to talk to him just after this break. The best part of your day, at the heart of your community. All the talk, all the music, all the news. Hi, FM. Now, Noam, uh, you were talking briefly before the break around the issue of uh, Jews and Arabs connecting with one another in the greenhouse. Talk to us a little bit more about that project. Okay, so um, we have a special project. It's called uh, Growing Together. Uh, in this project, we are connecting between uh, um, uh, between schools, Jewish and Arab schools. Uh, the Arab school is sending a group of students, and the Jewish school sends a group of students, and all together they meet at the greenhouse. And we teach them in both languages. We have two teachers, Jewish and Arab, then we speak the both languages. And what we do together is we take like a shared common topic that can be interesting for everybody. And we research this topic, learn and research hands on. So it's like a fun and uh, experience activity. Let's uh, give an example. We take the very big Israeli uh, challenge of water purification. You know the Israel that Israel is short in water, but Israel also reuse 80% of its water. It's number one in the world, world world leader in water purification and reuse reuse of water for agriculture. So we take this issue and we we turn it into an educational program. The students themselves themselves they looking for ways to clean water, environmental friendly ways. Instead of using using chemicals to clean water, we use different kind of plants and bacteria. So the students they they choose the the the, the species that they want to to check. Let's say this uh, this plant or that plant or those bacteria, or and they build the special systems of water purification. And they do it together, the Jewish and the, and the Arabs, along a period of three to four uh, months. With all the research pro- process that I just described with the algae, it's the same thing with the water. But this time, Jewish and Arab. And in the process, do you find that uh, perhaps the kids were a little bit suspicious before, and then, you know, in the process of doing this research, that they get to know one another a bit better? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the students themselves, they say that uh, um, the, 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 the program helps them to get to know each other better, and sometimes they just don't have any opportunity to meet. So... This is for some of them. It's the first time that they can meet the the other, and they work together. And they, on the way, we also uh, they teach them uh, uh, each other 
Jewish and Arabic with very simple uh, words. And we have students that uh, stayed in, in touch after the program. We do it for four to five years, this growing together program, and some of them stayed in touch and they came back to teach. Uh, and it's very good experience uh, for them and for us as well. I mean, it's bring a lot of uh, uh, optimism. Yeah, I'm sure that would be the case. But you not only focus on local population of Israel, you also have people coming actually from all over the world to come uh, be part of it. Uh, a lot of birthright groups, for example. What do you do with international groups when they come and visit? Okay, so international groups, uh, the greenhouse, we build a special workshop, you know, they, because they can't, uh, you know, continue come every day. So we build a one-day workshop, so two-days workshop, and they come to uh, learn about uh, innovative things in Israel, about water, agriculture, environment, environmental sciences in Israel. And we also have the art uh, program, uh, which is another discipline at the greenhouse, very interesting, but... Uh, for the for the birthright uh, pro, uh, groups and not only also for Jewish communities and not only for Jewish I mean we have also uh, visitors in Israel that comes to 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 meet Israeli uh, innovative uh, ideas so uh, they come to the greenhouse and we have we we have the short uh, workshop of just uh, a conversation and, and a tour and we have the long workshop which is a conversation tour and hands-on experience at the greenhouse to taste how the how the students learn so who are the kinds of people that are coming to look for innovative ideas and what kind of stuff is interesting them the most um we have uh, we have uh, groups in israel that uh, you know israel is famous to be like um, um high-tech nation i mean this is what we know about it. I hope that it really like this is what they, you think about us because we we think this is the the, the situation here. Right. So we see ourselves like a high tech uh, high tech nation, uh, but also uh, Israel is famous on agrotech technologies, agro technologies like the dripping irrigation and the cherry tomatoes, and we have a lot uh, a lot more many ideas and technologies that we developed here, and people are interested about those technologies about agriculture and environment uh, and again the water purification systems in Israel which you know the water is maybe the number one problem uh, environmental problem in the world so Israel because Israel had a water shortage since the days established so Israel had to find ideas and technologies how to deal with that so we developed the desalination and the reuse of water for agriculture water purification and many more technologies so people want to uh, learn about these technologies and now I find out that people are very interesting about the algae and about uh, hydroponics as well and about new resources of protein one of the and also about biopest control but one of the researchers uh, that uh, is very interesting now in the greenhouse that we looking for uh, species of uh, wheat that can be, can survive uh, under the climate change that's expected to be in 10 to 20 years. You know, the scientists say that world going to be uh, warmer, temperature going to be higher, and we must find uh, species of wheat and basic foods that can survive in this uh, expected uh, climate. So we have students that researching this. And I find out that people that come to the greenhouse from all over the world much more aware these days about environmental problems 
and they're looking for ideas and solutions because you know we can't just you know say okay oh, it's coming this tsunami is coming to us okay let's wait people wants to to hear and to learn about ideas how can we uh, uh, deal with the pro- environmental problems that we're going to, uh, to to face and what kind of people are they I mean is it uh, school groups are they just normal tourists are they scientists what kind of people are drawn to the center um, the international groups we have uh, adults and we have high school students just this week I host a group of uh, people from all over the world adults there was a mixed group of people from uh, From the Far East, uh, Japan and uh, Vietnam, and people from uh, South Sudan and from Nigeria, and people from East Europe. And I think once in a week or two we have a group like this. It's very interesting for us as well. You get to know people from all over the world, and they bring their ideas and uh, they speak about uh, things that they do in their countries. Uh, and it's, all, it's, it's, it's great because you can see that in all over the world people are speaking and thinking about the same problems and they bring different ideas. Now let's move away from the environmental side for a second. Uh, talk a little bit about the arts program. That's the one aspect you haven't covered yet. Uh, what kind of stuff? You mentioned a carpentry shop. Uh, what sort of things are you doing on the arts and culture side? Uh, first, I must tell you a story. And people ask me about what the connection between the ecological greenhouse and art. So first I say, you know, sometimes you have to keep an open questions. It's okay to keep it open. But uh, I want to tell you a story about that. As I said, my father is an artist. And actually he said like 40 years ago that uh, officially is getting out of the art world. But then on 1993 uh, came Gideon of Frat. And he said to my father, I want to send you to represent Israel in the Venice Biennale for Art. Um, and I, I pick you. So my father said, I don't want. And my father is getting away from media and everything. So, uh, but Gideon Ofra told him, no, no, seriously, I, I want you to represent Israel. So my father said that he accepts, but his term that his work of art is the greenhouse. And he wants him and the greenhouse graduates to fly to Venice, Italy, and to build the greenhouse as an art exhibition. And, and unbelievably, Gideon Frat said, uh, okay, accept it. <laughs> and the committee, the committee said, okay, we, we accept that. And, and the greenhouse, my father couldn't believe that, you know, just throw the idea. And then they uh, flew. I, I stayed in Israel. I was 12 years old. But they flew to Venice uh, with, the, with the structures. And they built a gr- great greenhouse at Venice, Italy. And this greenhouse was an art exhibition that represents Israel in the Venice Biennale. <laughs> and I, I remember that I stayed in Israel. But there was a big argue here. Is it art or not? And I think that this argue is still today open <laughs> is it an out or not but uh, anyhow these days at the greenhouse first we have the art inside the greenhouse art and culture uh, we have this carpentry workshop and we have the you know the makers 
Makerspace uh, concept. You heard about that? Yeah, I have. But uh, I think uh, explain it because I think it's very interesting for people who who uh, are, are new to that uh, field. Explain what a, what a maker's workshop is. Okay, so Makerspace is uh, a place that uh, invites people to to come and create and invent things, and they have the the tools that they need: the carpentry tools, but also 3D printers and Arduino technology a little bit of uh, computers and data loggers and things like that, and sensors. And uh, they have the, you know, the art section with paints and everything. And basically they have the internet that can bring them any idea and they have themselves. They can share ideas with everybody. It's like open source uh, concept. And people come there and they can bring their own ideas and build it. They have, it's like a playground for uh, innovative ideas for curious people who likes to build their own stuff. So we have it in the greenhouse. Uh, and the special thing about the uh, makerspace in the greenhouse that it combines the art and culture to technology with environment and agriculture. Okay, so... So, so are, wait, 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 hang on. Before you carry on, I'd love to know, did, is anything like really interesting coming out of those, uh, out of those workshops? I mean, like kind of really interesting ideas. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it connects like different worlds altogether. Uh, I can give you an example. Yeah, please. We have, we have uh, you know what, <laughs> I hear many terms, but you know what biomimicry is? Uh, sorry, I know what biomimicry is, but maybe explain it for the listeners who've never heard of it before. Okay, so biomimicry is the concept of new technologies inspired by nature. The concept said that, you know, uh, life exists here for 3.8 billion years, okay? I'm not a scientist, but, you know, uh, this is uh, what science says. So, we, along the evolution, there are many solutions at nature, at animals, plants, and systems at nature, that we can, if we can adopt the ideas developed at nature, maybe we can develop new technologies for man use. So if we connect this to megaspace, we get like a crazy potential. For instance, we have a group of students that started four years ago. They got a real challenge from Israeli company called Metzer Plus that's struggling with problem of biofouling, like bacteria sticks uh. to the inner side of dripping irrigation pipes. And they get... They, they, they gave our students this challenge and tell them, okay, try to bring us some new ideas. And our students made a research and they find out that there is an American company that works on the same problem, was not with pipes, with uh, boats. Because boats, you know, they go in the ocean and the lower side of the boat gets some uh, sticky bacteria sticks on and algae. So they're looking for ways to uh, prevent this microorganism to stick to the boat. So they thought about the biomimicry concept and they asked what kind of an animal struggle with the same problem that we struggle with the boats. And do you have any idea? Uh, I don't know, a duck maybe or a, okay. a, a lizard? Okay, so they, they went on, on the shark. <laughs> okay. Turns out that there is a kind of sharks that uh, prevent, that uh, developed a way to prevent uh, bacteria to stick to the skin. And it's because of their skin structure, outside structure. 
And the Americans think about a way to use this technology to on their boats. And our students thought that maybe if it can work on boats, maybe it can work also on dripping irrigation pipes. So they met the CEO of the, of the company and they told them the idea. But before that, we told the students, look, if you're going to meet uh, a manager of a company, you don't have the time to speak more than one minute. So maybe instead of speaking, you will create a model. And they went and they, they took photos of the shark skin and they went to learn how to use the 3D printer and they printed the 3D printer, the model of the high pipe shark skin <laughs> pattern and they show it to the CEO. <laughs> he was very excited. He told them that it's like a um, crazy idea. And it, the factory went into other ideas, which would be more commercial maybe, but he is happy that they thought about this idea and maybe they want to uh, continue the research. So one of the students, now she's in the Israeli army, she took the, the project one step uh, higher and she made like a very big research for two years and she used all the makerspace and the biomimicry and she went into Stratasys Israeli company for 3D printers and she printed plates. Plates looks like shark skin and, and the smooth plates and she took uh, dirty water and moved it on the plates and she succeeded to show that the shark skin pattern is preventing bacteria to stick to the plate. And this project took her to Sweden last year to represent Israel in a the water competition, uh, uh, international competition for youth. So this is the, I think, the potential of connecting the biomimicry, the nature, the technology, and the makerspace to use all the materials that you can think about and the internet and to share ideas from USA with Israel and, you know, to share ideas between different teams. I mean, it's great potential. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not feeling inspired to go out there and uh, check out your own makerspace, that certainly will, will do it for you. You're listening to 101.9 Chai FM, chaifm.com, or perhaps you're listening to us on the Jerusalem Post. And uh, we're talking to Noam Geva, and he is from the Greenhouse. We'll be back just after this. Now, Noam, in all the excitement of the biomimicry and the makers and whatever, we got completely sidetracked and didn't talk at all about uh, the arts and culture program. So let's maybe go back to that for a moment and uh, and talk about what you're doing on that side of things. Okay, so um, uh, nowadays the Greenhouse, uh, about the art uh, programs, uh, the most of the art, art programs are after school. We do it with the community and we do um, very big art exhibitions at the greenhouse, but also outside of the greenhouse. Uh, we use all, all the kibbutz for uh, art exhibitions. Uh, my, my brother uh, is an artist, uh, Atar, and uh, he's uh, making this uh, kind of, uh, of uh, projects. By the way, the greenhouse is not just my family, okay? We have a very big team <laughs> on right. all walks of life. But uh, we, we make the art exhibitions and activities after school, and we we cooperate with all the community of the kibbutz and around. For instance, uh, we have this, um, it's called Under the Lights, uh, Under the Street Lights uh, um, event, that uh, under every uh, street light of the kibbutz, there is an artist. And it starts from the greenhouse, but it's spreading all of the kibbutz. So people from all Israel can come here 
and ah, have ah. a night of walking between the street lamps. And under every street lamp, we have different, different uh, uh, artists. Uh, and we have uh, this, this last year we had like five thousand people in this uh, in this event art event, and there are many people from uh, different villages in Israel and kibbutzes that uh, they want to adopt the idea and do their own under the flash under the street light uh, art. And we had the two weeks ago a very big art event in the memory of Moshe Gershuni, artist who passed away a few months ago. He was cooperating with my father 40 years ago, or 30 years ago. And we had an um, art event uh, in the memory of him, and we host here artists, very big artists from all over Israel, inside the greenhouse and out of the greenhouse. And their activities, their uh, exhibitions, they, um, they were like uh, connecting to the agricultural and environmental projects inside the greenhouse. So the artists used all the fish ponds and the water pools and the hydroponic systems and the avocado trees, and they turn everything into a mixture of art and uh, and their farming. And, uh, and so how does it work in terms of the actual like artists themselves? Do they bring their tools and sit under the streetlight the whole night, or uh, do they bring their art and like exhibit it? How, how does it work in terms of the, the process? So actually, it's connected to what we said earlier. So they, for two months, they walk in the maker space in the greenhouse. They come every night and they walk on their projects and they go to, to choose the street lamp that they will have. And then they go to build the, their own concept. And then the big day of the event, they, they have their street lamp and uh, under the street light, they, they have their own project. It can be a paint, it can be a, a show they can they can play something they can do uh, uh to, to tell jokes it's okay i mean they choose their own uh, art exhibition wow that is so cool so do do a lot of people uh, come in uh, to the kibbutz to see uh, i'm assuming you guys don't have 5000 streetlights in one kibbutz so it must be all over the place that people can then go and see uh, all these different artists yeah, I mean, we, we don't have 5,000 artists. We, we had 5,000 visitors at the... Oh, is it the visitors? Exhibition. Okay, I thought there was a lot of artists, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really not, uh, not so big. Uh, but uh, uh, another thing about the art at the greenhouse and the art of my father, so the special thing about uh, the art of my father in the greenhouse, and I think that my brother is also continuing uh, some of it, is that this art, this kind of art is art that it's uh, out of the museum world. It's outside. This art is is uh, connected to uh, the so, the social things in Israel uh, and to the environment and the community. It's, it's outside. It's in the real life. I think this is the interesting thing about that. So also the greenhouse and the greenhouse in Venice and the, this under the streetlights. It's uh, it's a different kind of art. It sounds absolutely fascinating. I'm interested a little bit in the team that you that you're creating. I mean, uh, certainly some of it seems to sound like it has come down from your father to yourself and your brother, and you're now kind of carrying on the family legacy. But talk to us a little bit about how big your team is that that does the work, and how do you uh, manage to like pay for all of these uh, initiatives? Actually, our team is very small. Uh, we have like. Um, 12 people walks at the greenhouse. 
uh, half of them works uh, for the Ministry of Education and half of them work for the non-profit organization of the Greenhouse. Uh, and the team of ours, we are teachers and we come from uh, basically, most of us come from the disciplines of environment and agriculture and science. Some of us come from different disciplines. Me, myself, uh, for instance, I, I learned the uh, economy and the political science in Tel Aviv University. So I can't uh, teach like uh, environmental sciences for high school. I teach different things. But most of the team, they come from the background of science and environment. And we have a very big uh, volunteers team. We have around 30 to 40 volunteers at the greenhouse. And they come from the communities around us. You know, in Israel, it's very common uh, to volunteer and to help the community and the education. So lucky for us, we have a lot of help from the communities around us and from the factories. We have cooperation with 10 factories around us and they send us, uh, they help us uh, with the structure and they help us with knowledge and they help us with people. They send us their experts to teach the staff and the students of the greenhouse which for us is, you know, it's like a very big gift. Then we can do the real things with the factories and the innovations uh, stuff. And we have people from the community, you know, many, many adults, they want to help. Some can help with carpentry, some can help with computer, uh, some can teach farming and some can do art. And we use all of them for a part of the team. We work together, it's, it's for us, it's amazing. So actually we have a team of you know, many people, but people who actually work for the greenhouse are uh, 12 uh, teachers. And, I mean, if you went to Tel Aviv University and you had, uh, you know, did political science and you could have gone and worked for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs or worked for a political NGO, what, what did your... What kind of decided you that uh, you wanted to f- uh, follow in the path of the footsteps that your father had created? Uh, I recognize that the greenhouse, the, I think there is a great potential in the idea. You know, sometimes you can see idea that you can see very far. And I think that the greenhouse holds some ideas that are very interesting and can be very useful for many, many people for many years. We didn't finish, <laughs> we just started. So I recognized a few ideas that I think that's so interesting that I it attracted me and I said, okay, I think there's something bigger here that, than anything else for me. This is what attracts me at the greenhouse. So, so talk to us a bit about what you see for the future. What kind of ideas are big that uh, you, you're working on or you're expecting to see in the greenhouse coming up? I think that the greenhouse model can be a very interesting model for many people from many countries. Because, you know, today people think that, people see that today there is a problem with the environment, this is for sure, and we must do something about that, and we must start from education. And that connects to the community, because we must change the way that we think about community, and we must change the way about how we think about education. And I think that the greenhouse concept that connects innovative educational uh, attitude with innovative communal concepts and 
with different way about how to think about uh, the multidisciplinary of things like art can connect to science connect to agriculture connect all of this together to one place and I can't I I, I see in my uh, vision that you know this, this, this model is very good for every community why don't we build more greenhouses that can be in the heart of the communities and people will connect around the those issues of the world challenges and create together I mean I think it could be great. And I recognized that in the greenhouse. And I said, okay, maybe it's the right time for this idea to uh, grow up. And since then, I, I really find many people in Israel that comes and, and they want to open their own greenhouses. Not the same, because one of the things about the greenhouse is it's not McDonald's, you know, you can't have branches. It not works that way. Greenhouses like like ours, build on the crazy uh, person who leads that, and the crazy team who can who will to join in, jump into the water, and work all together to make it happen. So every community, they have their own ideas and their own needs. So they can build their own greenhouses, and it can look different than the greenhouse. It's okay, it can do different things. But the concept of one place to connect the people and the ideas around the earth challenges and culture and new thinking, I find it amazing. Now, one of the trends that I've seen in environmental education in the last few years is not only the science, as you said, and the arts aside, but even religion getting involved. Is that something that you're seeing as well with the Jewish holidays, perhaps, that have agricultural themes? Is that something you teach on? Uh, yet we didn't uh, got enough into the into the Judaism uh, environmentalism, let's say um, programs. But uh, personally, we very interesting about that. Uh, my mother uh, was a supervision at the Ministry of Education, and her discipline uh, is Judaism. And we uh, Jewish people very interesting about that. Yet we just couldn't manage to do it because, you know, we're, fo- we're focusing in different things, but we want to, uh, we, we see this part of the greenhouse uh, as well in the future. Mm, very interesting. Now, if someone wants to come visit the greenhouse, wants to get in contact with you, uh, maybe like some of the ideas that they've heard, how can they go about uh, connecting with you guys? Uh, so first we have a website. Uh, it's called the Ecological Greenhouse in Enshemer. Um, second, we have the page on Facebook, the same, Ecological Greenhouse in Kibbutz and Shemer. And uh, if you're in Israel, you can uh, jump in the greenhouse. Uh, you can get uh, all our details from the Internet. And if you come to Israel uh, with a group, you can ask uh, to uh, visit the greenhouse. Uh, so basically, I think these are the ways. If I can add another word about uh, something that I think also can be very interesting for, uh, for you, Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. You go one minute. So actually, now the greenhouse is part of a net uh, of uh, Israeli uh, farming educational places. It's called uh, educational uh, farming, uh, and we have in Israel like forty um, places in this concept under the Ministry of Education. I think it's a very interesting concept, and if you visit Israel you might want to visit one of these farms. The greenhouse is one of them. The greenhouse is uh, maybe is unique because we work with uh, 
more adult people and um, with different disciplines, but uh, the, the all 40 places are amazing and you might consider to visit them because it's very interesting. Well, there you go. Something to add to your itinerary next time you're in Israel. No- Noam Geva from the Greenhouse, thank you so much. Absolutely fascinating. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of the show for today. Thank you so much for listening to 101.9 Chai FM, or if indeed you're listening on the Jerusalem Post. And uh, please let us know what you think of the program and the various episodes that we've been playing, whether it's uh, compliments, con- commendations, condemnations, whatever, we don't mind. You can tweet us at Chai FM or myself personally at Benji underscore Shulman, and we'll be happy to take any of them. Thank you so much to everyone who helps put the show together. Together at the New Blue Review, Mandy, who is the producer, Vusi, who helps push all the big red buttons in terms of the sound and the technical stuff. And we'll see you next week on the New Blue Review.